There was a big Apple event today, and we don't know what happened because we recorded this last week. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Although, so what I'll do, I will bring <laughs> my laptop and my travel microphone with me. And if I get a chance <laughs> to record, like maybe my parents will just like go to sleep because they will, they're flying to Orlando from Hawaii, which is an overnight thing and it's horrible. Um, and if I don't get an, a migraine from the air travel myself, which I often do, but if none <laughs> of that happens, <laughs> if that doesn't happen, I'll, we can possibly, I promise nothing, in which case it'll be a bonus episode and you'll feel very fortunate. Um, <laughs> I'll try. To see if I can find a place to record. I might record in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. Yeah, that won't be echoey um, at all. That'll be fine. No, it'll well, be it horrible. won't be echoey. It'll be ambient e. Right, or maybe I'll go outside or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, so I will be in uh, at Disney World instead of. I San think you'll be at. You are at because pretending this right. Is that's true. Yeah, I that's am true. at Disney World right now <laughs> when you are listening to this. I uh, may or may not have even gotten to see any of the keynote because it is happening um, partly while I'm in, uh, while I was, <laughs> while I was <laughs> on my layover um, <laughs> in Atlanta, but probably not. Um, but I think we mostly expect disappointment anyway. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and speaking of disappointment. <laughs> The big meme is still going. I think it's it's probably still going. Yeah, probably. If uh, those privacy policy memes can keep going this long, then this one can as well. That's true. <laughs> so by <laughs> age 35, you're supposed to have saved twice your salary in your retirement accounts. Now, it just occurred to me earlier today that I have saved twice a salary <laughs> that I've had in my life. Does that count? I don't know if that counts. I definitely haven't saved twice my current salary. <laughs> yeah. Do you have at least once your current salary? I do. Um, I have more than one times my current salary. Yeah, I, I checked before we recorded, and between my various things I count as savings, I do have about one and a half-ish. Yeah, I'm probably somewhere around there, uh, maybe a little less because my salary is a little more than yours. But um, <laughs> yeah, and that's such so. And they they got real defensive about that the because everybody started mocking them, <laughs> rightly so. Right, and this is where all so, the memes came from. So I'm 35 right now. Joe's a little less than 30. What are you, 32 or something? If it's an even year, yeah, 32. Yeah, right, and it is. <laughs> um, so you've got a, a little while to just save like a, like, like a maniac or something. I don't know. Um, but we are fairly privileged for people our age. Right. I have never had to work at Starbucks as my sole means of making a living. I've never worked at Starbucks at all, which is good because I would probably burn myself even more terribly than every Starbucks employee already does. Um, we're tech workers. Uh, we were both in the public sector. Joe still is in the public sector. I uh, used to be where um, a certain amount of savings is mandatory. 
yeah. <laughs> whether you like it or not. And more importantly, um, we were both in uh, we were both in public higher ed during the crash, which means we continued having benefits. Right. We are very lucky, and we have not achieved this magical right. <laughs> twice your annual salary. And, and like that, so I put in um, the maximum amount I can for an, an employee match, and I'm not there. Or rather, for the uh, employer match, and I'm not there. And our matching is actually really high. So I don't know how you're supposed to get there, how much you should be putting away, like percentage-wise. I don't know. All of it, I guess. Yeah. You're supposed to, I guess you're, so for most of, most people our age, this would involve either marrying somebody with a trust fund so that you can save all of your salary. Right. Or plus, like, so a little bit more so for me, but also for you, there was that whole thing where the global economy kind of took a nosedive, which meant that what we had at that point was reduced. Well, luckily for me, that was only 90 days after graduation. Yeah, lucky. I mean, you were lucky that you had a job after that. Um, right, because I, I was lucky. very, very, I mean, so very was new. I. <laughs> I was also lucky that I, I stayed yeah. employed. Um, I, I At the time, I had um, three, four, three and a half full-time staff under me uh, and a bunch of student employees, and they all lost their jobs, all but one, um, which sucked. They found different jobs. They're doing, they're, all of them... Uh, they're pretty much doing better than they were, except for one, and I worry about him a little. Um, hopefully, he's on his way to bigger and better things. But um, where we... <laughs> <laughs> but but people so people younger than us um, are in an even worse position. Uh, old people aren't retiring that much. They're staying in jobs that would otherwise be taken on by younger people, and they've got massive student debt. Because college keeps getting expensive and the jobs don't keep paying more. Right. And adjusted for inflation, minimum wage is at its lowest ever. Um, uh, housing as a percentage of uh, income is at or above 50% for many people. Yeah. I've mostly up until we moved to this area, I've had relatively cheap housing. Um, so I've been fortunate in that respect. <laughs> Not so much the case anymore, although it's still fairly reasonable, and it's it's definitely a reasonable fraction of my salary. But um, when uh, when we were still waiting for Ruben's provisional security clearance, because he needs that sort of thing to do his job, um, it really sucked when I had to pay the rent by myself. <laughs> so basically, I mean, the deck is super stacked against people under... 50 or so and even people over 50 i mean it's not like everybody people do talk people talk about um baby boomers like they're uniformly an upper class that has you know that spoiled their children and and but the, at the same time like they they took everything away from them um there were totally poor baby boomers right there still are there are old people who are destitute and it fucking sucks um right well, and, you know, there are plenty of old people that are, you know, still members of the greatest generation, the parents of the boomers that are still around, not doing right. as well as they can. And they have the best government benefits that this country has ever seen that, you know, no one after them will ever get. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not good enough. And then you have these smug fucks. <laughs> right. So, um, 
I classify the baby boomer generation as anyone who had the opportunity to buy a house for what cars cost now. <laughs> yeah, that was that back in my their parents. day. Houses were twenty two thousand dollars and cars were two right, and, and you paid cash for both. <laughs> yeah, I think my parents house was about fifty thousand dollars and it was small, but it was in perfectly good condition nowadays. If you see a house for fifty thousand dollars, it's it's it is basically unkindly it's very moldy. a fixer of a upper. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's partly falling down, right? Um, and it's in a really bad area where. Um, and it has some residents you need to evict, right? Um, and somewhere and it, by deep. Yeah, um, and if you're if you're a person of color, there's a good chance that that's the only house that you that your racist realtor will show you. Um, yep. And that your racist uh, mortgage broker will lend you enough money to buy, which uh, also fucking sucks. Well, not only that, but apparently getting a mortgage under, I think the magic number is as high as 80, isn't hmm. like a thing. Like it's oh. it's not a mortgage. It's just a big ass loan. So you're not going to huh. get, you know, three to five percent. You're going to get like 15 or 25, Damn. you know, like, you know, something that's completely untenable where you're just paying interest for the rest of your life. Yeah, I didn't even know that. So so you can see, I mean, it's not hard to see how the deck is totally stacked against young people. We'll never have home equity. Right. Because <laughs> by the time maybe we can afford to possibly buy a house, we won't be able to save a huge down payment. Because we also, how the hell are we supposed to save for a down payment on a house and save for not being destitute by the time, you know, when in theory if we ever retire maybe we won't retire maybe we'll just die at our desks and we'll owe huge amounts on our mortgages some of us will still have student loans yeah especially <laughs> from, student loans from when we were you know 18 through 21 or some or anybody who went to grad school obviously uh, including myself <laughs> although i'm paying them off i guess it should be fine again because i'm fairly privileged right you don't have anyone harassing you for that or uh it affecting your credit. No. And that's another thing, too. Um, if you rent under the table, that isn't building your credit score. So, right. you know, if you've been doing that since, you know, graduation day when you were 22, you haven't mm -hmm. been building your credit score for anything other than, I guess, paying off your credit card on time. Although, um, when uh, my sister-in-law tried to apply for credit cards when she was an undergrad, she couldn't get anything without a cosign. And I mean anything. Like well, that, back in probably... my day, you right, could well... get like a Capital One card with like a two hundred dollar limit. Like they were willing to risk that on some stupid eighteen year old. <laughs> yeah, but like um, now, like like she couldn't even get like a Kohl's card. There is a case to be made, though, that some of that ready availability of credit that they were just giving out to college students i back in my day we had booths where you could go and they would give you a free t-shirt <laughs> and a credit card um and a lot of that uh a lot of kids were unprepared for that um and it kind of was a net harm <laughs> yeah but if they gave out a card with a one or two hundred dollar limit even if the rate is 25 percent or whatever <laughs> um you know you fuck that up once and you know, daddy can find $1,000 to deal with however much has well, accumulated. Yeah, maybe. Well, not for a lot of kids, though. Yeah.
But still, at least you had the opportunity to do it right and start building credit. True. Whereas now it's it's hard to even get started. You like your credit history starts with the fact that you opened a loan to go to school. Yeah. So your your uh, debt to credit ratio is pretty bad. It starts at infinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you technically pretty... don't have credit yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I really, I... Like, so, uh, you you as a uh, a late millennial, me as a mid-millennial, you know, uh, even with our uh, uh, relative privilege, we're just playing the game on hard. The generation after us, you know, so people who were born when the internet was already a thing, um, yeah. whether you're calling them uh, Gen Y, Z, or whatever, um, they're playing it on impossible it's you know there's just if you're born today i don't see how you're going to own a house unless there's a collapse and or revolution in the future <laughs> fortunately though it seems like at least some of the kids realize this and they they will be at the forefront of the revolution right so um uh a quote from one of the various uh response articles was that a Millennials, unlike the American poor imagined to be temporarily embarrassed millionaires, do not believe their financial predicament will change and have stopped worshipping at the altar of the American dream. You go, kids. Because you're goddamn right. Those fat cats, those Wall Street <laughs> fat cats, <laughs> they're never going to let go of one red cent. They will, they will hold on to their cash against their own best interests. Because they cannot get it through their heads that a rising sea lifts all ships. Um, when there was a stronger middle class, everybody got richer. And now these, you know, plutocrats are hoarding money. They're, the middle class is disappearing. They're not, they feel like they're doing better because they're hoarding their money. But they would actually be doing more better <laughs> if... They were spending it. If they participated in the trickle-down economics, they, you know, pay politicians to enforce. Right. But they don't. Right. Because that's another thing. They just keep hoarding. You know, like, yeah. uh, I don't have the exact quote, but Bezos said something, you know, like, the reason he does the space stuff is because what else are you going to do with a billion dollars? <laughs> Indeed. It's like, oh, I don't know, pay your employees better than Walmart does? Yeah. I, I guess not. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah. Maybe be slightly less abusive in your warehouses. Build more bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about temporarily embarrassed millionaires before. And, you know, as I have gotten older, like each year after year, you know, like my version of the American dream gets smaller mm -hmm. until, you know, like, so I know the generation behind me is already at this point and I'll get there eventually where I realize that my retirement, quote unquote, is that I still rent, but because it's unrealistic to save up for a house that I'll just keep spending my money on avocado toast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never even had avocado toast. It's toast with guacamole on it, but don't call yeah, it guacamole. It's, it's more garlicky. I've eaten extra garlicky guacamole that I've made out of a bowl. <laughs> I just <laughs> didn't involve bread. Um that I had an avocado that I needed to eat because people have 
mistaken ideas about avocados, incidentally, <laughs> as a former California resident. It's not actually hard to tell when an avocado is ripe. They don't really go from rock hard to overripe in the span of hours, uh, at least not in California. I don't know, maybe the moisture in the air makes a difference in other parts of the country. Hmm, something to think about. But anyway, you just give it a gentle squeeze, and if it's a little bit squishy but not too squishy, then it's ripe. Yeah, if it squeezes at all, it's it's ready. There's this whole thing I saw, and it really outraged me, and this has nothing to do with millennials, <laughs> except that it's about avocados. That's fine. Where <laughs> people were advocating picking the little thing off the end of it to look at it and check the color, which is outrageous to me because you're if you reject that avocado, you have damaged it. <laughs> And I find that morally repugnant. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And again, avocados aren't hard to pick. First of all, no. First of all, when you go to the store, just buy all of them because they will be in various stages of ripeness, and you know you can work with that throughout the week. Right. But like, uh, um, avocados are fairly hardy in terms of like, like if like stuff growing on them or whatever you know it's fairly obvious it's yeah i have yet to this day opened up an avocado with a surprise in it of any sort no never my avocados have always been exactly as i expected them to be um granted i haven't bought that many avocados since we moved out of california but in georgia that was definitely still the case um it's it's pretty egregious this attitude that because millennials are spending you know, $20 on brunch. It means mm -hmm. that they're failing to save for a house. Like, you, the, the, and we've talked about this before, the idea that you're not pouring correctly if you're not right. absolutely miserable. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I will not accept the idea that you have to live a wholly joyless life um, just because you don't make as much money as other people. Well, not only that, but I also think there's... Um... Like, there's also bias in um, anything that's not boomer food, which is, you know, steak and... <laughs> pot roast. <laughs> and pot roast and... I fucking love pot roast, though. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But it's basically, you know, like, you have a different part of a cow every night. Um, right. Meatloaf. So, <laughs> some, uh, some wilted yellow vegetables that used to be green that were steamed incorrectly for too long. Possibly or in a microwave. Microwave <laughs> twice. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, some bastardized American pasta or something. And the very idea that people are eating superfoods like, or, you know, at least comparative superfoods like avocados and salmon, like as anything Quinoa. other than like <laughs> more than like a New Year's Eve delicacy. <laughs> right. It's, it's obviously the height of indulgence. Right. It's like, I'm um, sorry, I would like to still have arteries at 55. <laughs> right, which is outrageous of you. Right, you know, I don't want to also be the coronary bypass generation. Yeah. <sighs> I had an avocado with dinner. I didn't. I had pizza. <laughs> it was really fancy pizza, though. There's this, there's this um, Neapolitan pizza place in Arlington that we can get delivered to the house um, that is like certified in some fashion by the Neop whatever governing body Neapolitan pizza has. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. So it's had... it's pizza, not what the South calls pizza. 
Right. Yeah. Although apparently we don't have what the South Coast barbecue here, which is really disappointing as a Oh no, you're too far north for that. But but we're south of the Mason Dixon line. I think. I'm pretty sure. Maybe? I think so. We should have some goddamn barbecue. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) But apparently there's only shitty barbecue around, which is like very disappointing. Yeah. Um, I didn't put it uh, in the notes here, but did you also see that thing that the origin of square dancing in schools is racist and anti-Semitic? I read something about it, but I forget the gist. <laughs> so it was... the gist is that um, Henry Ford, who uh, was idolized by Hitler, um <laughs> thought that jazz was corrupting the youth. However, he also thought that blacks were an innocent pawn in Ugh. the proliferation of jazz because they're not smart enough to come up with new music. Um, Wait, so who was behind it? I'll give you one guess. The Jews? Yep. Ah, uh, the Jews. Yeah. And you always know when somebody says the Jews, like, whenever, whenever the... Uh, the article comes first. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know nothing good is going to come after. Jesus Christ. I Right. So um, him and his wife campaigned to get... Um, uh, they had some euphemism, something like old-style uh, music and dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was basically an anti-jazz campaign. Because, as we all know, it was scientifically proven... That if a woman heard a saxophone, that she would throw her dress off. That's true. It's happened to me many times. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind a syncopated rhythm. Mm. <laughs> the panties drop just just like that. Or pantaloons in 1933. I don't right. know what the hell the, they were the wearing. The bloomers are coming off. <laughs> <laughs>